Hello, it's 30th of March 2019, and this is episode 97 of Scavenger's Horde, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Rachel. And I'm Kirsty. We're here to deliver a regular rundown of Star's news, analysis, and commentary, with a focus on the sequel trilogy and the future of the saga. And how has your week in Star Wars been, Rachel? Well, it's actually been two weeks since we last oh, spoke, yeah. because we skipped an episode due to my notorious social life, not really. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, I feel like so much has happened um, since we last recorded. It's mostly all celebration stuff, because everything that's been going on is like all celebration hype right now. But yeah, there's just been a lot that's gone down. Like we've both entered for all the lotteries now for the big panels, which is like a real butterflies in the stomach thing. <laughs> I think last time we spoke, they hadn't even announced that the lottery thing was happening. Yeah. Or at least, um, I think there was all that confusion about whether you could enter as a group and stuff like that. Like, all of that stuff has come out very recently. Yeah. So there's been a little bit of confusion. We've got it all taken care of, hopefully, smoothly um, for now. So it's kind of out of our hands now, which is quite liberating in a way because there's no point worrying about it now yeah um exactly i it is very freeing and i do like that you should know a few days before the con whether you're going to get into these panels because then it gives you time to like go through the grieving process (laughs) (laughs) and like get to the acceptance stage before you actually arrive at the con which will be beneficial (laughs) and then you can look at the schedule and find alternative things to do because there's plenty going on yeah exactly so i feel really good about it and i'm glad they're doing this system because I know a lot of people loved the like sleepover situation, but it's problematic in so many ways. And we'll talk about it properly later, so we're going to have a segment on how the panels are being run. But yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, in other news, I'm kind of missing Resistance. Oh yeah! Oh my god, that feels like such a long time ago now, which is ridiculous. It's only been a few weeks since the last episode aired, but you're right. Oh god. Yeah. I think I might watch the whole season again. Yeah. I think that the um, void in my life is like felt, but it doesn't hurt too much yet because I think logically I know that as long as I get into the panel, of course, at Celebration, in theory, we should see the next episode of Resistance then, which is something that's really hyping me up and keeping me going for the time being, basically. Yeah, and it's coming back in the fall, so that's not too long away. Yeah, exactly. That's a good thing with cartoons, is a really quick turnaround between seasons, which, yeah, is very welcome. Because, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's going to be entering exciting territory between episode 8 and episode 9. Definitely. All the possibilities. Exactly. Okay, right. So, we have a few news stories to think about. Um, And the first one that we want to talk about is a rumour from Star Wars Newsnet... And this goes back to the well-trodden ground that Benioff and Vice might be doing a new trilogy that is set in the Old Republic. Well, scrap that. We know they're doing the trilogy slash series of films, but the popular rumour is that they're set in the Old Republic. So yeah, would you like to read out from this article, Kirsty? Sure. It says, A contact who has worked on every Disney Star Wars film has shared some interesting information. According to them, the next Star Wars film could possibly begin filming this fall, and it will be the first film in the series of films by Game of Thrones showrunners David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. I'm trying to get some confirmation on this information from other places, but as of now I only have one source, so I can only report this as a rumour, so use your pinches of cinnamon as you wish. (laughs) Um, 
Because of that simple fact, I can't say I am as confident in this as I am about the Obi-Wan Kenobi streaming service series report, that the source provided proof that they have worked on every Star Wars film since Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm and claim they are 95% confident this is accurate. So let's simply go over what we were told. Our source told us they were approached about working on the next movie this autumn. It is not the Ryan Johnson trilogy, it is the Game of Thrones guy's first movie, and it is set during the Old Republic, as Disney wants to open up the Star Wars timeline and appeal to a more Game of Thrones-style audience. This really seems so on the nose in terms of what fans have been wishing for from these guys, so I asked for clarity on what else he heard about the project. So the timeline is hundreds of years prior to the Skywalkers, so think almost Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings. I asked if there was any grasp on something tangible happening for this production yet, or if it was all strictly talk discussion based, and according to our source, the art departments are doing pre-production work as we speak. Filming starts in the fall and art departments are in design phases now as the script is being finalised. That is all I know, but I'm 95% confident that this is accurate. Doesn't this contradict what we'd heard a while back from, was it fan for tracks About um, they'd, they'd had some information about the fact that Ryan Johnson's movie would be first? Gosh, I can't remember that specific story, but it is ringing bells. They'd found um, like a code title or something that had been... Um, I don't know what the word is. Oh, I can't find that yeah, story. yeah. You know? I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Sort of like a... Like like how Return of the Jedi was Blue Harvest or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like a working title slash code name or something. Um, yeah, you're right. And I think that was meant to be for the Ryan Johnson trilogy. Um so yeah, it's really unclear. And these sorts of early reports and rumours, they do need to be taken with a pinch of salt, which is acknowledged in the report itself by the person who wrote it. So that's good, accountability. Um, so yeah, like I'm not taking this as gospel, basically, and there does seem to be lots of confusion over what's happening next. Like I think that we're likely to get a solid announcement on the pipeline for Star Wars over the next few years at D23. Because I don't think we're getting anything at Celebration because there's no space really for a future filmmakers panel or anything Mm. like that. So I don't think we're really getting anything about the future beyond The Mandalorian in Episode 9. Which There's already so much for them to cover in stuff that's like ongoing now. Yeah. Let alone looking to the future. Yeah. Because I was hoping for a while that like Ryan would turn up and tell us something about his, his trilogy and future plans. But... It's already a five-day convention and everything's packed, so... Yeah, exactly. It's difficult to see where there would have been room for that sort of panel, to be honest. So I understand why they're leaving it. This is also a question of the news cycle, because obviously episode nine is going to be the breakout in terms of what everyone reports on and gets excited about. But there's also going to be a load of other stuff, like The Mandalorian is going to get lots of attention. And yeah, I think they probably want to spread things out carefully so that... It's not like if they were to announce the Benioff and Weiss movies, they wouldn't want that to just get lost in this rush of news about all the various projects. They need to be careful about how they release the information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can <clears throat> imagine that happening next year or like you say at D23, along with the Cassian show as well. Yeah, exactly. So there's lots of projects that are clearly brewing, but in terms of what's actually going to come next after episode nine, we still have nothing. So, yeah, we know what projects are in development, but we don't know what's going to be first out of the gate, apart from rumours and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Too much Star Wars. 
Yeah, exactly. Star Wars OD. But obviously a finite amount about the Skywalkers if they're to be believed. So mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. skeptical of that. Yeah, same. I think that in all seriousness, I think they'll give them a break. I don't think they're gonna be turning around and making episode ten in like two years after episode nine. But... Well they will because if we've got at least these two other trilogies going on yeah. plus all the T V shows. Yeah. Then it could easily be five or six years before they're even thinking about it. Yeah, exactly. Or at least publicly. So Which I think is a good thing, to be honest, because like it will only build up anticipation and excitement for whatever comes next. As much as it pains me to see say that, because obviously for me and probably for you, Kirsty, the Skywalker saga is like the main attraction, so to speak. It's the bread and butter, yeah. yeah. I know that's not true for everyone. And maybe it's part of Lucasfilm's strategy going forward that that becomes less important and central to what people think of when they think of Star Wars. But as of now, it obviously mm. is very important to us. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, coming back to this report, again, they, they acknowledge this in the report, is pretty much kind of in line with what people were speculating on because obviously Game of Thrones is what these guys are known for. And then you think of that, it would be like an historic Star Wars, even though all of it takes place a long, long time ago. Yes. But... Um, yeah, what are you thinking about the idea of it being Game of Thrones, Star Wars meets Lord of the Rings type thing? I, I think it has the potential to be really cool. Like, as a concept, it's interesting. Um, but to be honest, I think pretty much any concept in Star Wars has the potential to be interesting to me, apart from, like, X-Wing series, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> just because I, I just can't. I just can't get into it. Um, but yeah, like as like a starting point i think it sounds really cool but i think for me like the things i'm i really care about on a personal level they don't really factor in at this stage because the report yeah, is so it's story vague. and character yeah exactly like if they were saying like benioff and weiss will be doing a trilogy about like a scrappy 15 year old girl who's going on a journey of self-discovery and blah 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 hopefully making it more original than that because that just sounds like ray um <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, if there was something yeah. like that to grasp onto, I'd be more excited. But as it is, it's just like, yeah, it could be cool. <laughs> but it's difficult to know what else to say. Yeah, I mean, thinking about what Game of Thrones actually has at its centre, like, if you give me romance, if you give me political intrigue, amazing action sequences that are obviously super high budget, it's like, yeah, of course I'll be on board. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, it's not for everyone, but it's for a lot of people. And that's kind of all the stuff that's in... Star Wars 2, it's just on Game of Thrones, clearly it's like more sexed up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, these like inter-family conflicts and intra-family conflicts and betrayals and affairs and everything. I can, I can get on board with that, it's juicy. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see how adult they get exactly. <laughs> because while they might be drawing upon that sort of like Game of Thrones model... Like, I don't expect to see, like, boobies in my store. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I think if they were maybe doing a TV series, that would be more possible. Because, like, I can imagine The Mandalorian is going to be a little more... Not, like, adult as in explicitly sexual. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, more yeah. for a grown-up audience. And then kids can probably watch it, but I don't know how much they'll be able to follow. But yeah. we don't know yet. I mean, we'll wait until The Mandalorian panel. That's just kind of the vibe I'm getting. Yeah. No, I think that's all very true. And yeah, we'll see how it pans out. Like, I think whatever's happening, I would expect to get another movie in 2021. I don't think we're getting anything in 2020, apart from the TV stuff, which is mm -hmm. obviously happening. Um, but 
yeah, like I think whatever they're going to be brewing, it's going to be exciting and worth paying attention to. So, yeah, right. So let's move on to the next story, um, which I think you're especially excited about, Kirsty. Um, so yeah, would you like to talk people through quickly what this is? Yeah, basically, um, it's from Slash Film. Um, Werner Herzog, who we already knew was going to be in The Mandalorian, has said that he's playing a villain, which probably isn't a surprise to anyone. But still, it was just nice to hear from him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a real soft spot for this person. So um, it says, now this is not a secret anymore. A small part, real small part in The Mandalorian, the Star Wars sequel or whatever you call it. I like to act because I know I'm good on screen, but only if I have to play a real villain. <laughs> oh my god, seriously, this dude, he's just a legend. Oh, so. he's just, yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. If, <laughs> I saw that you, you watched his little penguin clip the other day on YouTube. But. Yeah, no, I have. Like, so I cannot pretend to like, have this extensive knowledge of him. So I think you know a lot more about him than I do, Kirsty. So I know you've watched his documentaries well, I, and stuff. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm an expert on him by any means, but I just, I really enjoy the documentaries that I've seen of his. And I have this big list because he's so prolific. Yes. There's so much I still haven't seen. But um, do you want to kind of sum up the the clip that you saw yes absolutely so um it's apparently from some sort of like nature documentary and it's um Werner Herzog who has the most magnificent voice by the way I just need to point that out he's like he could be reading like this is a cliche but he could be reading the telephone book and he could just make it sound so important and immense and yeah it's just incredible and anyway in this clip he's like interviewing this like nature dude who obviously studies penguins and um <laughs> he just takes the dude completely off guard by asking him like do penguins get depressed do like do penguins go mad <laughs> and they do yeah and <laughs> the duck guy is completely like thrown off by this and is like um well they get disoriented <laughs> and then it goes on to like herzog's like meditate like meditation on this like one penguin who the clip follows as it's just like mindlessly wandering off into the wilderness and like Herzog he just makes it like so profound and fascinating and there's this like really like immense like foreboding choral score (laughs) underscoring all this that it almost becomes like borderline comical because it's just so so weighty and like profound seeming but it is like also genuinely profound in a really fascinating way and yeah he just says disorientated and deranged penguins and it's just beautiful yeah i love it yeah so that's encounters at the end of the world um which i think we talked about briefly before and a listener got in touch and said that she actually helped um, Herzog on that in a small way oh wow which must have been really really cool that is so um, cool yeah the other one I was thinking of was Cave of Forgotten Dreams and Grizzly Man too. Mm. Um this is why I love his documentaries because it's not so much about it's it's honestly more about him whatever he is studying and observing he has just the most fascinating worldview. yeah um, and he really just the way he narrates things and like points out things that you wouldn't necessarily think about and the way he describes them is just it's just classic yeah he's just got a great mind clearly he's a bit of a like genius it's quite amazing so i've seen his film um agira wrath of god and i'm apologize for butchering the first part of that but yeah that is an amazing film and 
again, you can see the common themes even between that and his Penguin documentary, because Wrath of God is also very much about this like madness and this spiral downward in terms of someone's sanity. And yeah, he's just such an amazing dude. And I think it's quite special that he's involved with Star Wars. I also love the quote that he actually gave about being in Star Wars because he clearly just like he clearly had fun. But you know, like how any other actor, they'd be like, oh, I shouldn't say anything about Star Wars. Oh, God, they might not hunt me down. Like, Herzog doesn't give a shit. Like, <laughs> like, he knows he's, like, completely untouchable. Like, he doesn't care. They can't do anything to him. And I respect that. Yeah, and I like that he's telling us that it's a small part. So, you know, our expectations are set. He's not going to be in every episode, presumably. Um, but he knows he's good on screen. Yep. So... <laughs> exactly. Yep. He's self-assured. He has confidence, which is important. Have you seen the uh-huh. clip where he gets shot by an air rifle? No. Oh my Wait, god. Where's, where's that? Yeah. So basically, Mark Commode um, is interviewing him, and <laughs> he gets shot by an air wi- rifle mid-interview, and um, like Herzog is like, "Oh, it's nothing. Let's just continue." <laughs> Whereas like Commode is like, "No, you've been shot." Oh my god. How have I not seen this? Right, so I have now shown Kirsty the clip of Werner Herzog getting shots, and you're very impressed, aren't you, Kirsty? I I didn't think it was possible for me to love him more. <laughs> just... He's just a stone cold badass. Basically. Yeah, yeah, he has to play a villain. Yeah. Oh my god. I, I want him to adopt me. Oh my god, that's amazing. He is pretty incredible. Oh my god, he's such an icon. Um, but yeah, I'm very excited he's involved with The Mandalorian. Uh, to be honest, of all the things that have been revealed for The Mandalorian so far, Werner Hozog is probably the one that gets me most excited. Yeah, I think it'll be amazing, but it's just incredible that they, they got him. Yeah, hopefully he's in the trailer. <laughs> okay, right. And then moving on, we have had a new audio drama announced, which is called Dooku Jedi Lost. Um, yeah, and would you care to read out the synopsis, Kirsty? Mm-hmm. Delve into the history of the sinister Count Dooku in this audio original set in a galaxy far, far away. Darth Tyrannus, Count of Sereno, leader of the Separatists, a red saber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he became the right hand of the Sith? As Dooku courts a new apprentice, the hidden truth of the Sith Lord's past begun- begins to come to light. Dooku's life began as one of privilege, born within the stony walls of his family's estate, orbited by the funeral moon where the bones of his ancestors lie interred. But soon his Jedi abilities are recognised and he is taken from his home to be trained in the ways of the Force by the legendary Master Yoda. As he hones his power, Dooku rises through the ranks, befriending fellow Jedi, Jedi Sifo Dyas and taking a Padawan of his own, the promising Qui-Gon Jinn, and tries to forget the life that he once led. But he finds himself drawn by a strange fascination with the Jedi Master Lena Costana? and the mission she undertakes for the Order, finding and studying ancient relics of the Sith in preparation for the eventual return of the deadliest enemies the Jedi have ever faced. Caught between the world of the Jedi, the ancient responsibilities of his lost home, and the alluring power of the relics, Dooku struggles to stay in the light, even as the darkness begins to fall. And this is written by Cavan Scott, and narrated by Mark Thompson. God, this sounds so freaking cool, doesn't it? I know! This is like something that I've been waiting for. I didn't think they were ever going to get there, but it's like, finally, we can learn more about Dooku before and during his fall. Yeah. The only thing I'm surprised by is that it seems like they're not actually releasing this as a book, that it will purely no. be an audio thing, which mm-hmm. is pretty surprising to me. But 
it's a really interesting way to do it so yeah I'm definitely thinking I'm going to give this a shot because it sounds really awesome definitely um we might even find out his first name <laughs> yes <laughs> exactly I'd hope so can you imagine <laughs> they have like a whole sequence of his like childhood and he's like a little baby <laughs> baby dooku yeah like oh oh what should we call him just dooku dooku's enough <laughs> so come on it'd be a bit cruel um also maybe this is just like my shipper brain going becoming too active uh-huh. but do you read that bit where it says strange fascination with the jedi master lean costana and do you think hmm is there maybe more than, to, than meets the eye to that strange fascination well maybe but wasn't he also meant to be involved with jocasta new oh really oh wow i don't remember that that was implied in some of the deleted scenes from clones and um I just got that vibe even, I don't know. It's, yeah, I think there's something there. I don't know whether they'd actually ever end up exploring it in canon, but if they did, this would be the place to do it. Yeah, they could be like a torrid love triangle. That would be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm very curious to see how the performance of Dooku like, goes in the audio form, because Christopher Lee obviously had a completely godly, immense voice. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I struggle to think how anyone can measure up to that. Hopefully they won't even try. They'll just try and give it their own stamp rather than doing like a straight up Christopher Lee imitation. But yeah, we will see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm super intrigued to see what comes out of this. Yeah. Like, just to be honest, like this sort of story, I think this like narrative actually sounds more interesting to me even than Master and Apprentice. Like, don't get me wrong, Master and Apprentice might well be better because it's written by Claudio Gray. And obviously Claudia's great and awesome. But, you know, I love a good story about a fall to the darkness. It's like, I'm really intrigued by that. I think I saw on Twitter Kevin Scott saying that he and Claudia Gray talked quite a lot as they were both working on these stories. Right. So hopefully both of their Qui-Gons kind of line up yeah. and, and tell an intriguing story of him. So I'm sure that was really important because, yeah, there's going to be lots of crossover in terms of the character development and stuff. Yeah, and it's just great that there are so many stories being told in the prequel era now, so. Yeah, exactly. Of course, we're going to have more Clone Wars pretty soon, so. Yeah, no, exactly, they're getting people ramped up for it again. And, yeah, hopefully eventually we'll get to that golden day where we start getting books and stories like this about the sequel trilogy era. Mm -hmm. Not too long. I mean, I'm wondering if they're going to be kind of setting the stage for all that at Celebration. Yeah. Like, here's the... What did they call it? The Road to Nine or the the Journey to Yeah the Journey to the Last Jedi. Yeah, that's right. They did it Journey to the Force Awakens, Journey to the Last Jedi. Yeah. So it'll be yeah. Journey to whatever episode nine is called. <laughs> it's just episode nine. Yeah, that'd be funny. Or according to Ain't It Cool News, Skywalkers. Journey to Skywalkers. Doesn't that well, sound Another great? one I saw this week was Will of the Force. I don't think any of these are real. No, but... no. Yeah, I don't think any of them are real. But yeah, I'm so desperately intrigued for what it is. I can't help but think it might be something quite exciting because they're really going to want to like wow the room. But yeah. Yeah, I mean, see. if it wasn't going to spoil anything, it's like, why not just tell us earlier? But I guess it's JJ. So. Yeah. Exactly. I think that it might be something quite like a shock factor and then the poster we get will really like illustrate the title somehow. So yeah. Hmm. It will be very exciting. I'm so close. <laughs> Sorry, like I'm really everything hyped. comes back to episode nine for us. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. All roads lead to episode nine. Oh god. <laughs> um okay, right. 
And then the final story that we have in news is that the full synopsis has been revealed for Galaxy's Edge Black Spire. Would you care to read this out, Kirsty? Yes, because I'm so happy about this. <laughs> awesome. um, walk the ancient streets, meet the colourful characters, and uncover the secret history of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the upcoming expansion to the Disney Parks experience! Woo! After devastating losses at the hands of the First Order, General Leia Organa has dispatched her agents across the galaxy in search of allies, sanctuary, and firepower, and her top spy, V. Maradi, may have just found all three on a secluded world at the galaxy's edge. A planet of lush forests, precarious mountains, and towering petrified trees, Batu is on the furthest possible frontier of the gal- galactic map, the last settled world before the mysterious expanse of wild space. The rogues, smugglers, and adventurers who eke out a living on the largest settlement on the planet, Black Spire Outpost, are here to avoid prying eyes and unnecessary complications. V, a resistant spy on the run from the First Order, is hardly a welcome guest, and when a shuttle full of stormtroopers lands in her wake, determined to root her out, she has no idea where to find help. To survive, V will have to seek out the good-hearted heroes hiding in a world that redefines scum and villainy. With the help of a traitorous trooper and her acerbic droid, she begins to gather a colourful band of outcasts and misfits and embarks on a mission to spark the fire of resistance on Batuu before the First Order snuffs it out entirely. And that's our August 27th. Yay for V! Or Vi! Yeah, I, yeah I, sorry, I still don't know. If I ever meet Delilah Dawson, I'll be like, please, can you just tell me how to pronounce this yes. wonderful character's name? 100%. <laughs> or I just need to like watch her in an interview until she says the name, because I'm like, it could well be Vi, and I'm just saying it wrong. But... I like to think that this is like the Han slash Han for our time. You know how the pronunciation was always inconsistent in the original trilogy? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... They haven't confirmed it yet, but people are kind of hinting that um, traitorous trooper could refer to Cardinal. I hope it does. Me too. Yes, they had such an interesting dynamic in Phasma, because this Mm -hmm. book is obviously written by Delilah S. Dawson, who wrote Phasma, and presumably is like a sort of loose sequel to it. And yeah, there's just so much narrative potential there that I really, really want to see it continued. Um, Vi and Cardinal were together still at the end of Phasma, right? Yeah, because they they leave to well, she kind of rescues him. Yes, um, from the First Order, he obviously defects. So I can't think who else it would be aside from him. Like it'd be odd to introduce a new character in that capacity. And I've seen some people like, well, maybe it's Finn, but that would be weird. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit strange. <laughs> And I also feel like he's gone far beyond that at this point. I feel like he's defined by so much more than being a traitorous trooper. Yeah, that's how you would describe him, like, before we even get The Force Awakens. Yeah, exactly. You know, when there was nothing else to know about him. Because we obviously we got in the marketing materials for The Force Awakens that he was, you know, a stormtrooper running away. You could see him in his gear. Yes. Um, but yeah, now, now I don't even think of Finn that way. So he's no, just resistance hero Finn. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's obviously part of his past, but it's not how he would be described in the way, same way that you would think of Cardinal at the end of um, Phasma, because when he leaves, it's like, what is he going to do? How is he going to define himself from from here on out? Yeah. The only thing that makes me think against Cardinal is that Trooper suggests to me someone who's quite low rank, whereas Cardinal was obviously quite high level in the First Order. So... Um, 
Yeah. That's possible, but I also think it's just kind of described that way for brevity and because it's kind of alliterative and Yeah, that's true. Just sounds good. Yeah, like traitorous um, higher up in the first order. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't roll yeah. off the tongue so much. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, but no, I'm excited for this book and obviously it's it's promotion for a theme park, but it still has the potential to be a really interesting story in its own right and yeah, because it's about characters I'm already attached to and engaged with, yeah, bring it on. I'm excited. Yeah, and I feel good about it because it's Delilah who created these characters in the first place. Yes, exactly. Um, and Cardinal is just... Every time I see a new Red Trooper or hear about future Red Troopers, I'm like, oh, poor Cardinal. He made his armor so that he would be distinct, just like Phasma, but in his own way. Turns out Red was not that unique at all. Yeah, he's not special anymore. Oh, this is a sad, sad boy. It is very sad. It's kind of pathetic. Yeah, I do wonder if they're going to do some sort of like um, retrofit for that in like some future book or something where they have him reflect on that when there's like millions of like Red <laughs> Troopers going around. It's like, god damn it, I feel betrayed. He, he, he's just a trendsetter, I guess. Yeah, that's true. So. Yeah. He'd be <laughs> he like, that on, good. he's an Instagram influencer in the first order. <laughs> Doing selfies. <sighs> wow. Oh, yeah. And also, it has a really nice piece of cover art. And it's really cool yeah. to see um, Vi depicted like that. I like her blue hair. Yeah, she looks gorgeous. Yeah, she's pretty fab looking. So we did have art of Vi before, but she looked quite mm. different in that art. And yeah, her face looked. I mean, obviously, because it's just an artist impression. Yeah, because we don't we don't have an actress. Yes, cast as Vi, but um, yeah, different person entirely, really. But yeah, both of them look mm-hmm. cool. I think this one has the edge for me, but blue hair always has the edge. So yeah, that's good. Okay, right, and then we wanted to do a quick special segment on Star Celebration itself. Because this is obviously at the forefront of our minds right now. And yeah, this will literally be our last show before Star Celebration, which is pretty wild, isn't it, Kirsty? Yeah, and then everything changes. Yeah, we're going to come back a very different podcast. We're going to have a feast. (laughs) It's going to be too much. Star Yeah, we literally won't know what to do with ourselves. We'll be like running around like headless (laughs) Um, I remember last time I basically lost my voice. Oh gosh, yeah, and you were like desperately trying to find somewhere in the convention center where you could um like Skype me. Yeah, I think I ended up just, just running really back to the hotel because it's way too loud. You can't find a quiet corner. Yeah, so yeah, quiet corners don't exist. Um, yeah, but hopefully with two of us in present, um, hopefully with both of us present at the convention, we'll be able to circumvent some of those mm-hmm. issues and make sure we can churn out a few episodes for your listening pleasure. Um. But yeah, so first of all, we're going to talk about the main panels that are going to be going on. As I mentioned at the start of the show, we've applied for all these panels, but the nature of the lottery system means we don't know if we get in until like a week. So it's a bit nerve wracking, but it's nice to know that we all have a solid chance. And yeah, may the odds be ever in our (laughs) favour. Right, so the first panel is, of course, the big, big deal, so to speak. That is the Star Wars Episode 9 panel, which will be on Friday, April 12th, from 11am to 12pm. And it's live on the celebration stage, but streamed to the Galaxy and Twin Sun stages. And to wherever you're watching in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It will be on YouTube, guys. So watch on YouTube if you're not as lucky as we are and can't get to Chicago, which is probably most of you. 
Um, yep, so here's the little summary. With the culmination of the Star Wars saga arriving before the end of the year, the Star Wars Episode Nine panel is one you'll definitely not want to miss. With Lucasfilm president Kathleen Kennedy and Star Wars Episode Nine director J.J. Abrams appearing on stage, you can count on plenty of surprises and special guests to keep your imagination buzzing for the rest of celebration. So, yeah, this is it. <laughs> okay, so let's play a quick game. Like, which actors do we think are turning up? We'll take turns. So you say one and I'll say one. Um, I expect Daisy to be there. Yep, very safe bet. So I say that John will be there. Okay, likely. Um, okay, so last time we got Kelly Marie Tran, and I think this was her first official, like, yes, I'm in Star Wars, and here's some information about my character. Because we hadn't really yes. seen anything, aside from like leaks and stuff before then. Um, so I wonder if they're going to introduce someone like Naomi Aki and, yeah. and her character. What do you think? Yeah, that was literally going to be my next pick. If okay. You say it. <laughs> so I, I think it's a very, very safe bet, to be honest. And yeah, I'd be surprised if they didn't bring her out. Cool. Yeah, I would be really, really happy to see her. Yeah. No, like, um, we'll have more to say on the Naomi Aki front later in spoilers. Um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. Um, my next pick, and this is starting to get a little bit more hazy because I think Daisy and John, they're pretty much obvious. And I'd say that Naomi is also pretty much a lock. But my next one's slightly more tenuous, but I'm going to say Richard E. Grant. Ooh, really? Yeah. And the reason I say that is because he's a really good people person. And I think he has this really great capacity to just like bleed this infectious excitement and enthusiasm. And I think he's just a great person to have on a panel like that. So I could really see them drawing upon him for a panel appearance. And I would love it if yeah. he appeared. Yeah, I, I would love that too. He is so incredibly charming and likeable. Um, I'm not sure how much they would choose to reveal about his character because, um, yeah, they've been very mysterious about him and what and what kind of role he's going to play. Yeah. No, so it depends really, I guess, like how pivotal he is and the nature of his role. Because, yeah, if he's like a huge secret, then yeah, they probably won't bring Richard E. Grant out at this stage. But if he is going to be there pretty much throughout the whole film and they can just like say some very vague general things about, oh, like he's this type of character, like which to be honest is probably about as far as they're going to go. They might show a picture of him in uniform or like his costume or whatever. But they're not going to give you like a detailed backstory to him or something like that. Just a few little hints. True. So I think with Rose, the actual information we got about her when Kelly appeared at Celebration, it was really minimal. I think it was in a way, but then they also did all these interviews where her and John were, were put together and being very coy, like, oh, and then this gives way to new beginnings of its own and like looking at each other and it's like, yeah, okay, obviously you're going to have a romance. So Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they just have to keep him away from the interviewers, I guess, <laughs> in that case. Um, yeah, so you got another guess after Richard E. Grant. It's getting harder now because, like, people we can rule out. I don't think Kerry Russell and Adam Driver will be there because they're both working on Broadway right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, you know what? Who I'm not sure about. I'm not sure if Mark Hamill's going to be there. Same. I really doubt it, to be honest. Which is interesting because he draws a crowd... Yeah, he does. Um, I feel like we would have heard about it by now. 
I feel like he would have yeah. said something on Twitter, like, see you all in Chicago. Yeah, he did tease last night some, like, big announcement today. Okay. But I don't think it's actually going to be a Star Wars announcement. Like, was it going to be for his, ever, in those terms. for his ever show? Yeah, probably some other project he's working on. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I'm not counting in on a Star Wars thing. Um, so, if, if I'm going to guess another actor, I, I might guess Junus. Mm, um, yeah. He's a good That's sport. Possible. He's he's great at interviews, very friendly and open. Um, and Chewie isn't too spoilery of a character, so it's probably a safe bet for them too. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. I'd also put down Oscar as a possibility. I think he's very likely, although I know he's been a little bit flaky in terms of whether he'll be able to make it. So I guess it depends on his commitments to June, mm-hmm. which is currently filming. Um, and yeah, that should be badass. So I'd forgive him because, yeah, it's worth skipping out on Celebration for June. Um, I would hope that if they could work around it, they'd be able to fly him out for one day. Yeah, you'd like to think so, wouldn't you? Yeah. So it's not like he's the main character in June. So I'd think it would be possible. Um, but yeah, besides that, I'm starting to like draw a bit of a blank, to be honest, on who could be coming. So No Donal? I doubt it. And also, on that note, he's going to be filming in London for Peter Rabbit 2 this week. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might try and go along and see some of it. Oh, really? I just might. Yeah. It's actually going to be tomorrow in Richmond. Okay. Yeah. So I might try and swing over there and see <laughs> if I can see something. Um, But yeah. So I really doubt Donald's going to be there for that reason. To be honest, he's got a CGI bunny to chase. <laughs> Yeah, he's got his priorities straight. Yeah. It's um, a shame because I'd really love to see him in person. Yeah, no, same. I don't think he's ever been to Celebration. I no, he went, went to Comic-Con um, before the TFA. Comic-Con. But but, but yeah. he gave out the name of Starkiller Bay, so maybe they've banned him. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. They figured he was too much of a hazard. Not that it <laughs> should matter, that. really. Starkiller Bay isn't too much of a spoiler by itself, but it's like because that was a known name in Star Wars already, <laughs> it was very exciting for the fans, but... And I guess to be fair, it is a bit on the nose about what it does. So it's like, okay, well, we know that there's going to be a big planet destroying weapon in this film. Then. Yeah, but again, it's Star Wars. So is that too surprising? I think it was to some people. Uh, I don't think it should have been, though. But yeah. no. So yeah, very, very, very excited for this panel. Um, I think in terms of what we'll get, I think bare minimum is title, poster and trailer. Hopefully. Minimum. Yeah. We better. But yeah, like like we said before, hopefully there's a little bit of extra information about these new characters. Um, and you know what? I said this on Twitter, but I would also really love to hear JJ talking about The Last Jedi. Yes. Um, and what same. he thought of it. Because we've only really heard secondhand from his friend Greg Gunberg about um, his impressions of The Last Jedi in terms of when he was saying, oh, I, I wish I'd written or I, I wish it was so good when I read the script. I wish I was making it. Um, obviously he's credited as an executive producer so he's involved to some extent Um, but I think it would be really great to hear what he thinks of it in hindsight and now that he's made a film that is the sequel to it yeah absolutely yeah because that's going to be so informative in terms of what's actually going to be going on with like the movie and how he perceives it and yeah I'm very excited Mm mm-hmm um, yeah, and also just kind of tying into this is they've announced that there's going to be this enormous mural done by Jason yeah. Palmer, 
and they've only previewed the original trilogy segment of it so far but we know that it's going to span the entire saga so right from episode one up to episode nine and i can't tell you how eager i am to see those bits for the sequel trilogy this is always fascinating to me to see how an artist chooses to represent that era especially when it's material that's had like lucasfilm sign off and they're obviously like yes we're happy with this depiction of that era yeah because this really is going to be the start of how they market and present their understanding of the skywalker saga as a whole um because we know that delilah dawson is also working on a book um about the skywalker saga in general that goes up to well i don't know if it goes up to episode nine because she says she doesn't have any spoilery info but it's still about capturing what the saga means as a whole um yeah so we'll include episode eight um so yeah there's going to be all sorts of things like that that kind of start to tie things together thematically um, and that's something that we're really interested in. Yeah. It's like, I must say, like, for the art show this year, there have been a few pieces that have been like, oh, that's very nice. But there's been nothing where I was like, oh my God, I need to have this. Whereas I saw that original trilogy except from this mural. And I think that if they did like a really big rollout poster for this thing, I might be like, yeah, I need to have this. <laughs> yeah. But I expect that they won't reveal that until after the episode nine content, like yeah. from this panel, because obviously it's going to have the same imagery. They're probably not going to present stuff there that's totally different from what they're showing in the marketing. Yeah. So. I reckon that they'll probably reveal that part of the mural at the panel. Oh, you think? Okay. Yeah, that'd be my bet. That'd be amazing. But we will see. Yeah. Okay, right. Then the next panel is on the Saturday. Would you like to read out a bit about it, Kirsty? Yep. So this again is from 11 till 12. Um, bringing Star Wars Galaxy's Edge to life at Disney Parks. Discover new details and stories about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the new fully immersive lands coming to Disneyland Resort in summer 2019 and Walt Disney World Resort in fall 2019. Join team members from Walt Disney Imagineering and Lucasfilm as they share stories about what it takes to bring Star Wars to life and how visitors can live their very own Star Wars story. And there might just be a few surprises too. Ooh. (laughs) Exciting. Again, I really think they're going to have to do some stuff that's like really exciting or tangible to the people who are actually in attendance. So they've got to know that a lot of the people in that room at that panel are not actually going to be able to get to the theme park. Mm. So it's like, how are you going to make those people excited for this still? So yeah, I hope that means like free food samples, <laughs> like free merchandise, like lots of free shit, please. Yeah, it'd be fun Sorry. to give people a taste of the park because again, like you say, not everyone who's even lucky enough to go to Celebration is then going to be able to make it to Florida or California for this. Um, so they've said they're going to bring in stuff about the stories, so I expect to hear more information about those tie-in books and stuff like that. Um, and also, since, since this is after the Episode 9 panel, they might start to feel comfortable about giving us more information in terms of how Batu ties into the pre-Episode 9 stuff. Yes, that's Maybe. a really good point. So that would be interesting too. Yeah, and I was thinking one really cool thing they could do is they could do sort of like a point of view thing where it takes you through the ride, say like the Resistance ride. Oh my God, that would be amazing. Which is meant to be really cool. I would love that so much. Yeah. Like, or even if they showed like the video clips they're using, like of Daisy and John and Oscar and Adam, like I would freak out. I would be so happy just for that alone. Yeah, because that kind of stuff I don't expect them to put online in terms of like this is what it's like to go through the ride because they want people to go so this is probably going to be the next best thing yeah 
exactly. Because I think that would be a really cool thing to do. So it would get people hyped. And it would be like, this is a really special thing just for the people in this room. Mm. And we're not going to be, yeah, like you say, putting this on YouTube or anything. Maybe. Because... Yeah, I think everything that we see at the episode 9 panel will come out for the general public straight away. But I don't think you can take that for granted for all of these panels. True. Although we might also be expecting too much. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. And to be honest, we need to get into them. For- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we might not get to go. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we can't take it for granted, basically. Um, right. Okay. And then on Sunday, April 14th, from 11am to 12pm, we have the Mandalorian panel. And we have this. Live on the celebration stage, streamed to the galaxy in twin sun stages. (laughs) Learn about the perilous world of the Mandalorian with executive producer and writer John Favreau and executive producer and director Dave Filoni. So really, this description gives us very little information because we already know that it's John Favreau and Dave Filoni created the series. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, let's basically ignore what's actually written there. <laughs> like, what are your bets for what we will get at this panel? Uh, I would be really excited if someone like Taika Waititi showed up. They yes, should at that'd least be really cool. I mean, I know Dave Filoni is directing more than one episode. I think he's doing two, although I don't know if that's been formally announced yet. Um. But yeah, it'd be great to have some of the other directors there. Maybe some of the writers. Yeah. I would especially love it if they bring in some female writers or writers of colour. Like, please show us some diversity. Yeah. Um, like, I think they have to bring in the cast as well. Or at least one or two cast members, like Pedro Pascal or someone. Yeah, that would be great. So, it's not. I'm not sure what else to say because we know so little about this series so far, but... Um, I'm guessing they will emphasise its ties to the original trilogy and what kind of state the galaxy's in after Return of the Jedi. Yeah, Um, practical effects. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, they might highlight some of the the more obscure Easter eggs as well, like how they're linking things to the holiday special and stuff like that. Yeah, no, I can see them doing that. Um, And I think there's a chance of getting something exclusive here as well. So I think they might show more than one clip, for example. And say they show like a trailer first and then perhaps they show like a sequence or like an extended preview or something. Or some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, exactly. And say like the trailer gets put on YouTube, but the behind the scenes stuff slash the scene does not. Mm. So there's something that's unique to the people in the room. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, there's potential to be very cool. Um, Yep. And then finally, we have the Star Wars Phantom Menace panel do you like to read about this one, Kirsty? Mm-hmm. Every saga has a beginning. Join host Warwick Davis as we honour 20 years of Star Wars The Phantom Menace. We're turning the pages back with rare behind-the-scenes content and special guests brought together to share their memories and insights into the film's creation. Now this is celebrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I think this one, this one would be cool to get into. But I definitely think it'll be one of the ones where it will just be like fun recollections and looking back rather than like anything staggeringly new slash revelatory. Um, Is that how you feel about it? Maybe. It's hard to tell because when they did the 40th anniversary one of Star Wars um, Mm -hmm. in Orlando, it was really special because they brought out all of these different people. um, And really, it wasn't even just about Star Wars. It was about 
like the saga as a whole because everything stems from that first movie so they brought out Ian McDermott, Aidan Christensen like all of these actors who weren't necessarily involved with that first movie and then we had John Williams so they could bring him out to conduct some music from The Phantom Menace Jewel of the Fates, we could hear Jewel of the Fates oh my god, that would just be insane people would flip their shirt so I know, I know Aiden Christensen has been announced as a guest, but um, he's not in The Phantom Menace, but I could still see him turning up to this panel, especially yeah. if Ian McDermott is there, because they're a great double double act. Um, but I, I don't know if we'd get like Liam Neeson or Ewan McGregor. That might be yeah. asking it a lot, but it depends, because if Ewan's involved with other Star Wars stuff at this point, he might be willing to do it. Perhaps, yeah. Maybe that's why they spring this fabled Obi-Wan series. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we know we're definitely getting armored best, so that would be really cool. Yeah, exactly. So I think it'll be a really fun panel to go to, basically. And yeah, I think I should try. It probably won't happen because of time restraints. But I should try and watch Phantom Menace again, because it was a long time since I last saw it. And yeah, it'd be good to refresh the memory. Mm-hmm. We could do that at Celebration. We could have a movie night. Yeah, I think they really do. Cool. They do have screenings of the movies going on in the evenings when there's obviously all the panels and everything are done. Okay, nice. So yeah, we'll have to try and like identify a suitable night, like to try and not like kill ourselves, with, like <laughs> o- overload. <laughs> I know, but yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, you can't plan every second out, but yeah, exactly. So yeah, um, the other one for us that's big is Resistance, but that's not on that main stage right so yeah that's right that's on the galaxy stage which is why i haven't included it here but yeah i'm very excited for it and they've actually started referring to that now as being a series two preview mm. which i think yeah it's basically confirmed that they're going to be showing the first episode of season two like i'm i'd be shocked if they didn't at this point i know that makes me sound like an entitled little bitch no it's not yeah. entitled you're just excited because i think they'll be doing yeah. something similar for the clone wars yeah, um, I exactly. don't know. So I know for some people that's like their number one priority for the whole con, yeah. which is really cool. Yeah, um, and then obviously the other animation panel is the Rebels, but they've already said don't expect an announcement for a new series. But they might have. I would like to think that they would still bring new stuff that's like new information in terms of like concepts that they'd had, because I know Dave Filoni did that with Ahsoka um, in in L- London at Celebration Europe. He was yeah. showing all of these things that they were working on as potential ideas for Ahsoka's story. Um, yeah. So that stuff is still really interesting. Yeah, no, he showed like cool sketches and stuff, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so I think it's going to be an awesome panel, basically, and I really hope he can get in. So, yeah, we will see. Um, yeah, so then what... We, oh, yeah, we've just got the lottery system. Uh, do we need to discuss the lottery system again? Well, just to say, I know it's not everyone's cup of tea. I know some people really loved the lining up aspect of last time and i did in a way because yes. you know it was an opportunity to meet new people and it was like most people who you were aware of in terms of like who you talk to online were in the same room so you could go and seek them out and say hi because he had hours yes. to kill <laughs> and also we got to meet ryan johnson which was pretty sweet yeah but no, that was pretty legendary of him it's also important to remember that not everyone can do that and it doesn't yeah. make them less of a fan if they're not able to wait out all night and yeah. you know not get any sleep not sleep in a comfortable bed um yeah i saw people basically with very... completely chucks out families <laughs> yeah well i saw people with very small children like basically infants in that line and i was like wow, wow this is dedication but i can't imagine your, your kid is very happy right now 
Um, yeah, no, exactly. And it You've just got sucks to that that's the choice that you make. So. Yeah, and I don't think people should really be put in that position. So yeah, I know some people are upset with it, but I absolutely think it's a better system. So I'm happy with the choice. Yeah, I know not everyone is happy because like some people, especially if they're coming from so far away like you, their their reasoning is, well, I'm coming all that way. At least I know when I line up that I'm going to get in just because I'm there as opposed to leaving mm. it to chance and maybe risking not being there. But you know what? Some people did line up all night last time and they still didn't get in, even after they'd been told that they were in the part of the line that would get in. Yeah, so, which absolutely sucks. That must have been so crushing. It's really bad because if they had known that they weren't going to get in, they would have just gone back to their hotel and had a good night's sleep. Yeah. So I think this is a better way of doing it, even if it means disappointing some people. Yeah. Exactly. And I think that buffer period between finding out the results of the lottery and actually getting celebration, that's also a good idea because hopefully it will stop the whininess a bit because people will have had a chance to get over it. Maybe. (laughs) There's also the streaming stages. You're not going to miss any information. Like, yeah, everything that comes out, it comes out. So... Yeah, and also I heard someone had a really good tip. They suggested that if you can't get into, the, say, the episode nine panel, a really good idea is to go straight to the um, uh, style show section and sit there because they should be streaming it. And then immediately after the panel, they usually get the like exclusive interviews and stuff. Mm. So that is a good piece of advice. Although for us, like we probably wouldn't do that because I know the Sky Talkers are doing their podcast immediately after. That's true. And if we don't get into the episode nine panel, we'll probably go and support them. But for other people, you can always consider that star show option. So yeah. yeah, it's out there. When we were in London, didn't we walk past where they were recording the Star Wars show stuff? Yeah, um, exactly. I think that's why it's a desirable option. So it's quite open. I remember seeing Carrie on that show, and Andy was clearly like starstruck. It was cute. I think they even got Harrison Ford on that stage. Oh, they did. Because yeah, (laughs) because last time that was when they asked him if he was excited to watch Solo as a fan. He said no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love Harrison so much. Like the icon he is. (laughs) He's a legend. Yeah. But to be fair, he he was very helpful with Alden and he met him. And then he was very supportive of going to surprise him. And Mm. yeah, so he's a sweetheart, really. (laughs) <laughs> no, exactly. He's got a heart of gold beneath the graphic exterior. <laughs> yeah, no, so we love Harrison. Uh, right, okay. And then the final thing that we want to do is we want to quickly put a spotlight on some of the smaller panels that are going to be at Star Celebration. So this is basically anything that isn't on the Celebration stage or the Galaxy stage. And yeah, so what we'll do, Kirsty, is we'll do a pick each and just talk quickly about why we're excited. We don't necessarily need to read the description underneath it. Okay. Okay, right, so my first pick is the mythology of Star Wars behind the facts and the fiction, which is on Monday, April 15th at 3.45pm, and it's on the university stage. And first of all, unfortunately, I won't be able to go to this because it's going to be at the same time as the Resistance panel. So if I get into the Resistance panel, which I hope I do, that means I won't be able to go to this. But it still sounds really cool and I want it to put on people's radar. So, yep, I will just quickly read out the description for this one, actually. Buckle up as Star Wars experts Clayton Sandal and Dan Zare explore the mythology of Star Wars on screen and behind the camera 
At its core, mythology is about story and storytelling, and no one does it better than Star Wars. The hosts go go behind the scenes with stories about the making of the films and examine how they reflect mythological archetypes that have continued to enchant us for over 40 years. It's a masterclass on myth and narrative, and you're invited as we explore some of the most fascinating aspects of story in the galaxy. And this will probably sound like quite a peculiar reason for being interested, but... I think I'm interested because that's also something I'm really into, like the mythology of Star Wars and like the fairy tale aspects and that sort of thing. But I know that we obviously come to that interpretation from quite a specific vantage point, you know, particularly focusing on like the character relationships and the romance and the love stories and so on. Although we obviously look at it beyond that lens as well. And I would just be so curious to see a discussion like this, like how it would pan out, whether these people would touch upon any of that stuff and yeah I would just be curious to see how it went yeah you know I would like to think that they would um because Dan I don't know if you listened to Coffee with Kenobi but I've listened a few times but not recently he is really fantastic um okay and they really do go deep with how Star Wars is influenced by classic mythology and I'm expecting him to bring in stuff from Campbell and Young and talk about George's early influences and how things have continued from there um nice so yeah like you i would love to go to this but it's at the same time as something else that we want to go to so you just can't go to everything but i'm really happy that that's even the situation because it means there's a great lineup so yeah people who exactly can't or aren't interested in resistance can go to this instead yeah exactly so there's lots of really cool stuff to do essentially no one has any reason to get bored <laughs> Uh, right, okay, then would you like to talk about your first pick, Kirsty? Yes, so I'm really hoping that I can actually go to this, but it's on a packed day. Um, mm. So this is Special Collections, 40 Years of Star Wars Holiday Special Collecting. Um, this is on the Friday from 1.30 to 2.30, so it'll be just after Star Wars Episode Nine panel, and then mm-hmm. I'm hoping to go to the Skytalkers panel, which I'll talk about next. Um, yep. So it says, this is on the collector stage, a presentation showing 40 years of the various items of merchandise and promotional items connected to the Star Wars Holiday Special over the years and some of the collectors who focus on them. <laughs> I love the part where it says the collectors who focus on them too. Is like, so I guess, yeah, it does take quite a specific sort of person to make that your special area of interest. But it's, it's very cool. I like it. Well, because I'm guessing some of this stuff is extremely rare because... Oh, Yeah. Obviously, they're not. They don't sell holiday special merchandise now, beyond like the Banff plushie. Um, so, yeah, I'm really interested in this because I am completely unfamiliar with the world of collecting. In terms of like, yeah, I have obviously I have a certain amount of Star Wars merchandise myself, but I don't collect in terms of like curating things. Um, and I know to some people that's their main way of expressing their passion for Star Wars. Yes. And also because I really love the Star Wars Holiday Special and I can't believe there's a panel that focuses on it. Yeah, it's so amazing. that's really, really <laughs> great. And I'm going to go and hopefully support it if I can. Yeah, so it's like true Star Wars Nirvana. So I've just literally typed in Star Wars Holiday Special merchandise on Google Images and I'm really not bringing up much. Well, yeah. So I feel like this sort of panel would be very educational. Yeah, I don't know what to expect. Are they going to have like a, a treehouse? with all of the Wookiees like are they going to have like the pink dinosaur are they going to have a little Boba Fett because that was the first time we saw Boba Fett but his design is obviously quite different from how he turns up in the movies yeah so 
yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. Don't know what to expect. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah, because Lumpy did have really cool toys. So there's <laughs> the potential for really cool holiday special merchandise. But something tells me they probably didn't make that really cool merchandise. <laughs> he was a lucky Wookiee. He had a, he a was. nice life there, you know, before. He was very spoiled. <laughs> Illegal contraband, you know. There's got to be money in there. <laughs> before the Empire came along and enslaved the entire planet, you know. Yeah, exactly. So. Dirty money. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, no, it's pretty epic. Uh, right, then the next one I'm interested in is the Doug Chang Masterclass, which is the art and techniques of designing for stars. And this is on the fan stage on the Saturday from 3.45 until 4.45. And it says, bring your sketchbooks and pens and pencils and prepare for a masterclass of the artist who oversees designs for all new Star Wars franchise developments, including films, theme parks, games, and new media. Doug will teach a masterclass in the intimate Star Wars University setting where you can watch him work live throughout the session. And I think this is really cool because Doug strikes me as like quite a high up person in Lucasfilm in terms of his position and his level of influence. You know, he's got power. Mm-hmm. And the fact he'd be doing something on such a small scale on the university stage, which I think is like one of the smallest stages, I think that's really neat. And yeah, I'm not the greatest artist, but I'd try. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd be keen. Yeah, that is that is pretty amazing that he's doing that. I mean, he, hasn't he been at Lucasfilm for decades? Yeah. Oh, crap. I've just seen it's the fan stage. Shit. Which I think is one of the bigger ones. Wait, wh- why is it saying Star Wars University then? Right. Okay. Yeah. No, so that is really confusing. So on the Star Wars Celebration website, it's got it as being on the fan stage. But then in the description, it says it's like a university setting. Which I presume is on the fan stage then, basically. But yeah, it's not clear, essentially. So yeah, that's a bit of a mess up. But I guess it's a huge operation to run an event like this. And I can forgive some sloppiness. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm sure we'll get more clarity on that. Um, yeah, but exactly. It's kind of besides the point. It's still really cool that he's doing this sort of thing. Like, it's still a smaller venue and it's still something that will be open to everyone. Because the fan stage, there's no queuing or anything i think it's literally just walk right in mm-hmm. yeah cool it's very cool um so my next one is sky talkers podcast on mm-hmm. friday 12 p.m to twelve forty-five from the podcast stage um mm-hmm. there isn't a description so we don't know what they're going to be talking about i'm i'm not sure what to expect because it depends whether they have something prepared or whether they're going to be kind of like doing their immediate breakdown of the nine stuff that's just come out yeah. Either way, I think if be... I were them, I would not be able to focus on anything <laughs> other than the nine stuff that's just come out. <laughs> it's hard to tell because if you listen to Sky Talkers, and people should, um, Charlotte and Caitlin always have a very organized schedule. Like their notes must be impeccable because they're so well structured. And it's not, it doesn't mean that like they're not rolling with the punches and, you know, just being a bit free flowing with their ideas because they are. Um, yeah. But still, they come to it with a clear point of view and they want to explore something specific. So yeah. I'm guessing they will have decided on the subject matter. And it might be we're going to talk about whatever it is for episode nine. Um, yeah. But it also might be something completely different because they dive into every element of Star Wars and do it amazingly. Yeah. So I recommend that people go to that. Um, I'm going to do my best. Uh, it's hard to know right now because I I haven't even looked at the layout of the convention center, 
But yeah. um, I saw Charlotte say on Twitter the other day that they are right next to one of the streaming stages. I can't remember which one it is. Right. But yeah. if you get into the streaming stage, then you're right next to the podcast stage. So right. it might be more feasible to go in that case. But yeah, even that'd be if very not, serendipitous. I will be running as fast as I can oh. <laughs> to the podcast stage. So Yeah. No, I 100% want to try and make it there as well if I can. So fingers crossed it will happen. Mm-hmm. So I think regardless of what they cover in the podcast, I think the atmosphere will be electric because of yeah what's just happened. Everyone will be buzzing and yeah, it will be really cool. Exactly. So very excited for that. I'm very proud of Charlotte and Caitlin as people who were selected to be on that stage. So yeah, good job, girls. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really pleased for them. Right. And then the final one that I would like to single out is a bit of a cheat because it is going to be one of the larger ones, um, but it's not one of like the main, main ones. But it's the Lucasfilm Publishing Panel and it will be on Friday from 4.45 until 5.45 and it will be on the Twin Sun stage. And the description. Join some of the biggest and best Star Wars authors to discuss new and upcoming stories set in a galaxy far, far away. Plus, get exclusive sneak peeks and announcements into the future of Star Wars publishing, featuring Jeffrey Brown, Zarida Cordova, Delilah Dawson, Claudia Gray, Justina Arland, E.K. Johnston, Kevin Scott, Timothy Zahn, and more. Moderated by Lucasfilm's Michael Siglane. So, yeah, I think lots of stuff is going to come out from this, basically, and that's why I want to be there. I think they're going to announce the journey to episode 9 and all that sort of thing and it will be revelatory so i'm sure we'll be building on what was announced earlier on in the episode nine panel Mm -hmm. so yeah i'm excited for it yeah i hope to make that one as well um and yeah it's one of those panels that i'm sure it will be packed even if it's not one of the big ones that you have to enter a lottery for because like you say it's going to be a lot of stuff that will probably tie into episode nine yeah um exactly and very big author names in the star wars literary world so exactly all the bright lights <laughs> i think a lot of these people are doing their own panels later on like i know that claudia gray has got her own one and they yeah. each have these little premises like um like her premise is that she used to be a fanfic writer before making it as a professional writer yeah so she's you know coming at it from that angle which will be very helpful for lots of people in the fandom who do write fanfic and do want to eventually be published authors so yeah it's really cool no i think it's really cool i'd like to try and go to that as well it's just trying to make it all happen (laughs) i can't remember when that's on but yeah you're right it's just we're gonna have to end up being selective and playing it by ear so exactly yeah we can't beat ourselves up about not being able to do everything it'll be Mm -hmm. fine Okay, cool. And then would you like to read out about your final pick, Kirsty? Yes. So it's my final pick because we decided to just highlight three, but really there are so many. Um, yes. So hopefully we'll be making it to more as well. But I wanted to draw attention to Trivia Night, which is hosted by Courtney and Solo um, at Who Talks First, Knights of Rant. They go by many names, um, but it's another podcasting... Uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> it's some Um, other podcast friends of ours um and we're going to be helping out at this event as well so if you want to meet us this is somewhere that we'll be at this particular time so it's 5 15 till 6 on the fan stage on saturday Mm -hmm. and they're doing a trivia night as the name suggests so it's like a game night um they're going to have something called death star cornhole which sounds fun 
Uh, Courtney's boyfriend <laughs> that does is, sound amazing. Courtney's boyfriend is making that, so hopefully they get that to Chicago in one piece. That's so and, cool. Yeah, and then they'll have quizzes, and she's going to have lots of amazing Squadron Gold merch to give away. Um, and I think that's so cool. Yeah, we'll be help, help, helping out at one of those areas where you can pick up swag and stuff like that. So nice. Very yeah, excited. Yeah, I was for that. planning to bring along some special stuff from the UK as well. Hmm. Exciting. Yeah, like. I'll just be completely transparent and say it's freebies <laughs> that they gave away at the Odeon for Solo when Solo came out. So it's Solo-themed Sabbath cards. Mm. But yeah, if you want a Solo-themed Sabbath card, like I should have some of those to offer to a lucky few. I wouldn't mind one of those. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can give you a I literally um, swiped the whole lot. <laughs> it's probably bad, but they were literally on the side and no one else was taking them and they looked so unloved and it's like, I'll love you. And I took them. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I think they'll be appreciated more at Celebration than with the average cinema goer. So. Yeah, exactly. They just looked a bit neglected. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, it will be really cool. I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be a lot of fun and... Yeah, it would be cool if any listeners who were going to Celebration came along to say hi. It would be nice to say hello. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, hopefully see some people there. Yeah. God, there's, I'm okay. so excited for this entire event. There's just going to be so much going on. Yeah, it's just going to be so epic. I'm just like, oh my god. Because there's so much other like, stuff going on. Like we, We're going to go to um, the Canto Bite themed party that the 501st are hosting on the Thursday night. Yes. So people are oh there. Hopefully we can meet up. Um, yeah. I think there's even... This is non-Star Wars related, really, but it's tenuous because it's Adam Driver. But on the Wednesday... <laughs> yeah, that still when, counts. Well, on the Wednesday when we get in, they're screening in a couple of cinemas in, around Chicago. Um, mm-hmm. Don Quixote. So that'll be a, a, a good way to see that if, if we have time. So Yes. I know, I know nice you've already seen happen. it, but I haven't been so lucky. I would be very happy to see it again. It's like yeah. a double whammy of things I like in Terry Gilliam and Adam Driver. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's pretty great. Um, but yeah, no, there's going to be so much to do and see. And I'm really excited to just see Chicago as well. So I've never been. Yeah, me So neither. it'll be really cool to explore. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. Um, right. So I think that probably wraps up on non-spoiler stuff. Um, do you feel ready to proceed to spoilers, Kirsty? Yes. Okay, cool. Well, then let's have the spoiler siren. shouldn't do it okay so obviously i didn't want to allude to it too much before but this was definitely one of the highlights of the week in stars related news because we've got two really big leaks in terms of visuals for episode nine that have emerged when they were most definitely not meant to emerge and I'm sure JJ and the rest of them are going like, <laughs> <laughs> so close yet so far. That's how I'd be feeling, I think, in their situation. But yeah, I'm really happy to see the imagery from the film. And yeah, it, I think the poster especially is really cool. It's not the theatrical poster. It's going to be like a Toys R Us rest in peace poster. <laughs> um but I, I still like it. It's busy, but in a way that makes me excited. What was your reaction when you first saw this, Kirsty? Yeah, I mean, like you, yeah, I was immediately like, oh, well, obviously this isn't the main poster. It's going to be one that will be, like, sold in places. Um, yes. 
So yeah, your Target, your Walmart, your Tesco. Um, yep. But what's exciting about it is that it does back up stuff that's been leaked elsewhere, like Kerry Russell's costume, for example, and stuff yep. that we've seen from like the very early on filming, like Naomi Aki's character in that costume. Yes. Um, and then other stuff like there's the Knights of Ren. There's Kylo in his helmet that's been put back together with red glue. There's red troopers. Uh, there's C-3PO with his <laughs> bowcaster looking badass. He looks like Rambo. Oh my god, it's amazing. I saw some C-3PO people... C-3PO first blood. <laughs> I saw Sorry. some people saying that, oh, that's ridiculous. And I think Mark Hamill even said something like this on Twitter when someone asked him, like, 3PO with a bowcaster? Okay. Um, but... Yeah, we'd already heard that that was something that comes out at some point. Um, yeah. I think a lot of those leaks and spoilers, I think they must have been based on this image, to be honest. I think it's probably a situation where this has been floated around for a while. Maybe. That would not surprise me. Um, I really find the Knights of Ren funny because some of them seem vastly taller than the others. <laughs> it almost looks like the two in the front are like kneeling or something. Maybe they are. <laughs> or maybe they're shorter. Maybe they're women. Yeah. Or maybe they're children. Maybe they're not all human. Oh, perhaps. That's really cool. I was thinking that maybe when Kylo left the um, like Jedi Temple, that some of the people he took with him, they were like literal like infants. Oh my god! <laughs> so now they're like ten. <laughs> like, Hello. Yeah, they look like a little boy band. <laughs> they do. It's really funny. <laughs> I can't take them seriously at all. Finn Finn looks great with his hair. Yes, he does. He looks really cool. And I also like Poe's Nathan Drake look. Mm-hmm. I think all the costumes look really good, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, my one complaint, and this is very much like, yes, I acknowledge this is not the main poster, blah, blah, they can't fit everyone on it. But I was a bit disappointed that Rose wasn't on it. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame. Because especially if she's going to have a new look, which I would assume that she does, you know, to some degree, I'd like yeah. to see I'd like to see what Rose is wearing in episode nine. But... Same. I really hope we see some sort of presence for Rose, even if Kelly isn't present at Celebration. Mm-hmm. To be fair, with the sort of posters they've shown at Celebration in the past, they're usually early teaser posters where they only show a few characters. So to be honest, I wouldn't expect to see Rose on that sort of poster under any circumstances. But it would be cool if they showed like a behind-the-scenes photo of Kelly on set or something. You know, just some sort of like evidence. We promise she's in the film. Exactly, because they'll show you the poster. And then last time they also showed us pictures of like them either filming on set or like uh, stuff that ended up being in promotional images later. Like that first look at Kylo and his scar or Donald Gleason as Hux, that kind of thing. Yes, exactly. So. So, yeah, they're going to show a wide range of materials, basically. Mm -hmm. Um. It also looks like Rey has patched the Skywalker saber together with some tape. <laughs> Which is Which wouldn't so surprise Rey. me. <laughs> it's very Rey. And the um, transformation into Padme Rey continues. Mm-hmm. Like, I really see it now. Um, and yeah, she looks really killer. I like how Kylo seems to have an actual cloak at this point. I think that's very cool. Yes, I like it because it's like a, a blend of The Force Awakens and the last jedi so he's, yeah. he's regressing to some extent but yeah i think the hooded look was good with the mask it looked kind of goofy yeah. without it for the last jedi 
Yeah, exactly. I'd like to see him unmasked with the hood as well. I think that could be a really cool look. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Kirsty, one last thing about the poster is that you made an interesting observation about the background. Like, what did the pattern in the background remind you of? It reminded me of the elevator in The Last Jedi. Mm. Um, obviously, we yeah. see that a couple of different times because it's what they use to go up to Snoke's lair. Um, yeah. But with Rey and Kylo right there, it's like, oh, yeah, that was a pretty important scene for their relationship. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just I wonder how that's going to play in, if at all, to the, the story of episode nine. Because we have that yeah. little bit in the novelization about security footage. Um, because when Hux is going up to see Snow right at the beginning, he almost <laughs> he almost whispers to himself, Supreme Leader Hux <laughs> and stops himself because it's like, Oh my god, they could have they could have cameras, he could see me. <laughs> Even though he like can read minds, so dude, it probably doesn't matter if you say it out loud. <laughs> but, oh my god, I love Hux, he's so great. But if they wanted to <laughs> they could legend. run with that and Hux could like find the footage of Ray and Kylo in that very intimate setting, speaking softly towards each other about a vision they shared of their future. Looking deeply into one another's eyes. I'll help you. (laughs) Yeah. No, like, it's perfectly possible, of course, that the designer just thought it was a cool pattern. It's like, oh, that'll make... Yeah, because to be fair, it kind of looks also like... Have you seen the cover of Rebel Rising, the gin book by Beth Revis? I have, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me type it in because I need to remind myself. But, yeah. But of course, there was also an intimate elevator scene in Rogue One. So, yep. it's a thing oh, in Star right. Wars. Oh, yeah, no, I can definitely see the similarity. I do think in the um, leaked poster, it does seem to be more clearly the elevator background, though. Mm. So, But, yeah, we will see, of course. Um, but, yeah, it's certainly an interesting observation. So, good spot, Kirsty. Yeah. Yeah, and also, I've seen people suggest this idea that, that new battalion of red troopers, that will somehow see like the red stormtroopers go up against the white stormtroopers in terms of like this civil war situation where the first order splits into factions right and i think could be really cool and i've seen some people i know that courtney who talks first was very excited about this idea but that front trooper especially the helmet looks pretty different it's like are these clone troopers Mm, because back in the force awakens obviously kylo makes that remark to hux about perhaps supreme leader snoke should consider using a clone army Ooh. and that this would be interesting if that becomes part of the story that could have all these kind of implications for finn's arc so yeah who knows it's just no it's definitely. fun to speculate at this point because we know next to nothing else so yeah. yeah but the fact that they distinguish between those and the white troopers on the poster is interesting absolutely yeah no so i'm very very excited mm-hmm. and yeah we will see. It's really, really cool. It gets the inner eight-year-old in me very thrilled. <laughs> okay, and then there's a second image that shows a couple of the characters. And perhaps the most intriguing thing it does is that it names all of the characters, including two new characters who have not previously been named. So yeah, would you like to go through quickly who all the characters in this image are, Kirsty? Yeah, so first we get Lando, mm-hmm. who we had heard, and this backs it up, obviously, is that he's wearing his yellow shirt that's quite similar to um, his look in Solo mm-hmm. when Donald Glover was playing him. And yep. he's rocking this look. It's like he's gone back to his roots. 
Yeah, he looks pretty badass. He knows what he looks good in. Yellow. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's his colour. He looks amazing. <laughs> I'm really excited for Billy D. And he's rocking the cane as well. Yep. He looks so good. Um, Chewy looks like Chewy. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> then, Shock. We, then we have Pad Ray. Um, <laughs> yes. I, I think we'd seen That's a lower quality image of this. A lower quality version of this image before, don't you think? Or at least of similar. Of all the characters or just of Ray? This one of Ray. We saw another one of Ray where it was like her, but that one was her face on. Okay. So, so it's similar. It was the same costume, but right. a bit different. Yeah. So I don't know how much we have to say about this. Um, lots of people have been comparing it, of course, to Padme on Geonosis. Um, yes. Yeah. It, she looks amazing. She looks like a goddess. She does. Yeah. She um, really suits her. She's very powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Conspicuous covering up the scar, which I find really funny. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really hope that comes off at some point, but we mm-hmm. will see. Yeah. Um, Poe and Finn looking hot. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're rocking their action adventure gear. I like it. I just, I, I know I've said it a million times, but I really like that Finn is wearing Han Solo inspired pants. Yeah. That's such a cool detail. They're really cool. And like someone asked John about that on Twitter and you could tell he was psyched about it. <laughs> it's like, oh good, people have noticed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think John, because he's such a big fan, I think he's always wanted to be that like cool badass. And yeah, I sense that they're going to go for that angle with this film. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have the two new characters, um, <clears throat> Carrie Russell's character, presumably, because this lines up with what we've heard about her look in the past, although we can't tell because she is fully helmeted. But it's a very interesting helmet design. It's like elongated. Yeah, with an <laughs> extra bit at the back, yeah. which, the function of which is mysterious. <laughs> yeah, it's like, is she playing an alien? Or is she human yeah. when she takes that off? And it's just an yeah. odd design. I'm um, very intrigued. And yeah, her name is Zori. Uh-huh. And yeah. um, Jana, who's Naomi Aki's character. Yes. And I really amazing. like both their character designs. They're very contrasting character designs. Mm-hmm. Like Zori looks like something from like a 1950s sci-fi film almost. Mm-hmm. It's like a purplish jumpsuit with like bronze accessories. And then this almost like steampunky helmet. And yeah, how would you describe Yana, Kirsty? It looks like she has this amazing long gold cape mm-hmm. um, cropped. Do you think like blue or grey pants? They um, almost look like dark green to me. It's hard to like tell. Like camouflage kind of. But yeah, yeah, it's difficult. And then like the cape looks like it turns into the same material for her top as well. And then she's got a headband and a huge bow and arrow and a big belt. Yeah, I'm not sure if she's actually wearing goggles, maybe. And they're like oh, just pushed that... back. Oh, maybe. It's so low quality. I know, it's, it's almost impossible it's to small, say. But it, it yeah. looks to me from from this like it's a headband. But yeah, it could just as easily be goggles. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, in any case, I really like them. I think they look really neat. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I really like the thought of a bow in Star Wars. That's something I've never seen before. I'm sure it's been done, like in the EU somewhere. But um, yeah, it will be the first time in like one of the main movies, apart from the Ewoks. Oh God, how can I forget the Ewoks? <laughs> um, but yeah, this looks like a much more like badass type bow. This is like a Legolas style bow. <laughs> so yeah, it'll be cool to see how she wields her weapon. Um yeah, no, so very exciting images and a nice precursor to what's surely to come at Celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yep, and then just continuing off the chat about Naomi Aki's character, we have a really interesting rumour about her. So, yeah, would you like to read this out, Kirsty? This was posted by Slash Film, but it was taken down later. So mm, Fishy. Mm, yeah. It's hard to know mean? if they took it down because they realised it was nonsense or because they were told to take it down. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I think they were definitely told because it was part of an article that was accompanying the images. Okay. And I think Disney Blanket reached out to everyone posting these images and was like, take it down! Right. So... Yeah, I think that's why. Okay. So is it Yana or Jana, do you think? Oh, God. Um, this is going to be like the um, new vibe, isn't it? Um, go Jana. Okay. Our sources have told us that Jana was kidnapped as a child to be turned into a stormtrooper. We're not sure if she ever became one, but it looks like maybe she escaped and has been living on her own, not unlike Rey. Another image of the character features her holding a bow and arrow, we're not sure how handy that's going to be in a fight against laser blasts, but she looks like a badass warrior. Okay, so I really like this detail. I think it sounds like a really cool backstory for her. And it's perhaps most intriguing because we have an old report from a couple of months ago from one of the moderators on the Stars Leak subreddit who's posted other reliable stuff, including a pitch leak. And they said that their saucer told them that Jana, who wasn't named then, was Finn's sister. And I think when you combine that piece of information with this, I think you get what could potentially be a really fascinating backstory. This could be so juicy, because if that turns out to be true, and they were both kidnapped at the same time, but only one of them were able to escape, yeah, it's like, what kind of reunion are they going to have? Has she been saddled with this guilt since then? Yeah. Because presumably exactly. she would have. Of leaving her, yeah. leaving her younger brother behind, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, so yeah, f- good. So, yeah, so if you think back to the Force Awakens, you obviously get that scene where Phasma and Hux are looking at Finn's profile, and you see that picture of him that was presumably taken when he was like first recruited in air quotes, and he's like literally a baby. Mm. He's like two or something. It's really gross. And that's an age where obviously he wouldn't really have tangible memories of a family. But if Jana was a few years older, say she was like seven or eight or something, she would absolutely remember her baby brother. And yeah, that could be so cool. I I really hope they go in that direction, to be honest, because I think it has the potential to pack a real emotional punch. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know that there were rumours elsewhere floating around that like she would turn out to be Lando's daughter. Mm. they can't all be true (laughs) (laughs) yeah no no that would be one coincidence too many (laughs) yeah so you'd be like i'm your older sister and lando is our father (laughs) finn would be like whoa 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 whoa, stop oh to be fair i i've kind of presumed that she would be his older sister but the actors are actually the same age so yes (gasps) what if they're twins what if it's like a skywalker twin parallel (gasps) oh my god (laughs) yeah i i guess it depends on how they want to do it if they want to do it where she was they were both recruited into the first order when they were really small like toddlers but then i don't know they, she got to like a young teen and then she managed to escape oh she yeah. had to leave her brother behind at that age that'd be interesting but it'd be a different dynamic because if they were that much older that although then again it depends on how the first order they did would it, have totally been separated yeah i, yeah. Would, I don't think they, they would wouldn't have been encouraged together. to keep those familial relationships and they would have been brainwashed and yeah made to forget it so oh it's horrible either way it really is horrible 
Yeah, I think my bet would perhaps be on her like never actually fully being recruited but coming really close and seeing her brother be recruited mm-hmm. because like you say I think if she were fully recruited I'm not sure she'd remember Finn and then like how do they end up recognizing each other again but there's so many possibilities they could do it in any number of ways but, yeah so yeah, if that I turns really like out it. to be true that would be very interesting but it could just as easily be total BS so <laughs> yeah exactly we will see Right, so then the final thing you want to talk about in spoilers is that in episode 266 of Now This Is Podcasting, the podcast for making souls, um, Jason reported some interesting stuff. And this is paraphrased by Reddit user Sidon Ifano, so thank you to them. And Jason said that he had heard that C-3PO's memories are part of the evolving MacGuffin in episode 9. Not hard confirmation. Speculate that the Tanti... Fo- four might be a part of it they then go to the tanti four and dig out fragments of c-3po's memory that were wiped which leads them to something else which may mean it's an anakin artifact or jedi order or a jedi order artifact so yeah there's not much to say here it's, it's so vague but it's very interesting and it would certainly indicate towards some um, c-3po having a bigger part in the plot yeah it's pretty cool because we've had r2 and his memories um kind of playing a part in the earlier movies and now it'll be C-3PO's turn. Yeah, exactly. It's like droids are frequently the MacGuffins because BB-8 was the MacGuffin of The Force Awakens. Yeah. So it would be cool that C-3PO could kind of serve that function. And yeah, like, it really does have that potential to tie in all three trilogies again because C-3PO's mind was wiped at the end of Revenge of the Sith, right? Because they're walking through the corridors and... Bale, isn't it? Is, or is it Obi-Wan who says, like, oh, make sure you wipe the protocol droid or something. Oh, I can't remember who. Yeah, but one of them says it, <clears> and he's like, oh, dear. Yeah, and of course, in The Phantom Menace, that's when it's revealed that Anakin built him. So yeah. that really would be coming full circle. And, oh, 3PO. Yeah. No, it goes back a long, long way. And, yeah, and like, C-3PO was there at Anakin and Padme's marriage, and yeah, so many different things. Could show um, old little Benny boy, like his grandparents getting married. <laughs> Saying like, look, look, see, 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 this could be you. So is that, oh, you think that it would be like Kylo looking for C-3PO's memories as opposed to just the resistance? Oh, potentially. I was kind of just making a joke, to be honest. Um, But yeah, in all seriousness, that could be possible. So if it's a MacGuffin, I sense that it's something both sides want, so... Yeah, because, like, I've I've seen some people speculate early on when we got that footage description of Kylo in that white room looking down at the Vader helmet, mm. uh, the Vader helmet, that that would be Tanti 4. But then yes. we've also heard about his ship that's white and red, so... Yeah, who knows? And again, it is very clear here that this is like all speculation, so that's not part of it necessarily. It's just that they've heard that 3 pos memories are going to be part of it in some way. They're just yes. speculating as to how. So, Yeah, no, and it is a really cool way. Yeah, very interesting stuff. And yeah, it'll be very cool to see the panel and figure out how all this stuff actually plays into what we're going to hear then. So obviously they're not going to get deep into plot stuff or anything, but I think it's safe to say we'll get a good insight into like themes they're looking at and what they're hoping to achieve with the movie, that sort of thing. So I think it will be quite illuminating mm-hmm. to an extent. 
yeah, it would be nice to get something like a mission statement in a way from JJ in terms of what he wanted to do with this story and like bringing it back to reminding us that it's a trilogy of trilogies. Yeah, exactly. Right, so cool. Do you think that brings us to the end, Kirsty? Should we wrap it up? Yeah, I think so. Not really anything okay, else. Okay, cool. Yep. So great. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to that. I'm Rachel and you can find me at Stars Nonsense on Tumblr, Journal of the Star Wars on WordPress, and Rachel nineteen eighteen on Twitter. Where can people find you, Kirsty? I'm Bastila Bay on Tumblr and Scavengers Horde on Twitter. Thank you so much for listening and until next time. Bye. Bye.